you fat slob. Let's see if you have any guts. <laughs> Pull up a chair to the Blood Feast, an audio buffet of cinematic mayhem and culinary carnage, featuring your host, The Cook. Eat his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Blood Feast podcast, Halloween week edition. All right, so today we're actually going to talk about a movie. Uh, This movie is Tales of Halloween. How appropriate considering it's Halloween week. It's actually Halloween month. For me, it's actually Halloween life. I love everything horror and Halloween related. Well, not everything. Some shit's just garbage, and there's no getting around that. But for the most part, I love just the general idea, gist, and uh, feeling I get when Halloween is around. It's a lot of fun. It's my Christmas. In fact, it's better than Christmas. Christmas is always kind of a disappointment to me because I never really got what I wanted. But with Halloween, I always get what I want. And all I want is candy and scary stuff. And that is what Halloween is about. Today we're talking about Halloween movies or a specific Halloween movie. There's horror movies, which usually get tied to Halloween because it's all about scary stuff. But there's what I like to think of as sort of not a a separate genre or a subgenre of horror movies, but they're not really always scary. They're usually scary. The good ones are scary. But Halloween movies are movies that are geared around Halloween specifically, and they usually have horror elements. Um, Off the top of my head, I can't think of a movie that takes place around Halloween that isn't a horror movie, other than maybe E.T., although... Uh, I beg to differ as to whether you can classify that as horror or not, because that movie is goddamn frightening to small children. I don't know how anybody thought that that little creepy fucking alien penis was uh, endearing to children. But that's beside the point. What we're talking about is Halloween movies. Uh, Movies, I like to think of uh, Trick or Treat is definitely a Halloween movie. And Halloween movies also tend to be, I've noticed, now that I think about it in this immediate second, anthology stories, which... You know, the nice thing about anthologies, it's sort of like when I was a kid in high school, in middle school, in the mid and late 80s, there were, I always bought, I would go to the record store and I was getting into punk rock and you couldn't return anything, you know, you're stuck with what you bought. So back then, my thing was to buy compilations. You know, you get a song or two by a ton of bands and you kind of figure out whether you like a band or not before you spend you know, your eight or nine bucks on a cassette of their music until you're sure you like them. Uh, it was, it was some things that were, had bands had great names and the music was terrible. It was sort of like the, uh, um, the VHS box art, uh, of the video rental days where they had great box art to drag you into this movie that ended up being complete boring garbage. What was I talking about? Oh, compilations. So yeah, I kind of like to think of, anthology stories are sort of like compilations like a little greatest hits tape of a bunch of different directors doing different stories uh things like creep show trick or treat tales from the dark side the movie um and then i just totally lost track of what the other ones oh the vhs movies for a more recent uh uh take on anthologies and abcs of death uh those two movies the thing about anthologies like i said it's sort of like compilation tapes Uh, with music. Some stuff's good, some stuff's bad. It can be a mixed bag. Uh, Sometimes you can really strain to find the good stuff amidst all the garbage. The ABCs of Death movies, you got 
26 little short films over the course of an hour and a half. The batting average of them is not so great. Uh, there's a couple I've, that I've seen over the years in those movie, in those two movies that are absolutely phenomenal. It's like these three little minute gut punches of intensely good, scary, creepy, thought-provoking horror amongst an hour and 25 minutes of absolute and utter garbage. I think uh, directors are like, oh, I can make a movie in three minutes and it's really, really easy. And then they get to doing it and they realize that it's fucking terrible. So, you know, anthology movies are can be a mixed, like I said, they can be a real mixed bag. Where for every creep show you get, you get a creep show two and apparently a creep show three, I think. Uh, creep show, that is definitely a diminishing returns movie. The first one was amazing. The second one was, uh, and I can't imagine that the third one was probably any bit, uh, any bit of good. I've totally lost my thought with that. So, yeah, so you got Creepshow. You've got, like I said, Tales from the Dark Side of the movie, which was far better than TV show because when the door slammed, the walls didn't wobble. Uh, the production value on that show was, uh, was absolutely, utterly wretched. Looking back, I remember that show with fondness, but I have a feeling I'd find it incredibly horrible now. But anyway, we've got Tales of Halloween, very similar to the movie Trick or Treat, which came out, I think, 2006 or seven. It's been a long time. That is the original return to form for horror anthology movies. The entire movie takes place over the course of Halloween. All the stories are kind of uh, end up being interconnected. Uh, you know, characters kind of come and go in the background of each sequence, uh, each segment. And they're, you know, main characters become back players in other segments and it all ties up in a nice little bow at the end well nice little blood gushing disgusting bow but a bow nonetheless tales from tales of halloween kind of follows that tack and rather than and i think one of the problems i've always had with anthology films is they always pick like four or five stories or they pick 26 in the case of abcs of death uh with four or five stories sometimes it gives the storytellers too much time and they end up being too long and a little bit boring. Like, they've got a good concept for something that could be five or six minutes or ten minutes, but they have to stretch it out to 20 to fit the length of a film. And then with, like, ABCs of Death, like I said, you end up with three or four minutes, and you're trying to cram as much as possible, or you just say, ah, fuck, I don't really cram anything in. It's only going to be three minutes long. Who cares? Uh, the nice thing about Tales of Halloween is there's ten stories, so it's just enough time to put together a pretty compelling narrative but not enough time for it to like be too long and get lost track. The the wraparound, as it were, there really isn't like a central wraparound, but it was all narrated as a Halloween night radio broadcast, um, narrated by Adrienne Barbeau, which is awesome because it totally, it harkens back to her role as the DJ in the movie The Fog, which is a monster classic awesome john carpenter ghost story that if you haven't seen you should uh it's amazing she's amazing um the cast in this movie uh you know all the different stories you've got i'm gonna look it up real quick while i'm sitting here because i can't even think of uh, lynn shea from all the insidious movies and every other goddamn thing on the planet that's involved in horror these days uh barbara crampton Tons of people have like these really weird little cameos where they really don't do much, but it's awesome that they're there. There's Barbara Crampton, Stuart Gordon, Joe Dante. Uh, John Landis has a great like extended cameo with a little bit of dialogue. Um, Pollyanna McIntosh, Lisa Marie. Uh, Barry Bostwick has a really, really weird role as the devil. Um, 
Parker, uh, Adrian Curry, John Landis, yeah, Caroline Williams. And that's, you know, I was thinking about that watching this. You've got all these, uh, like, women who are, like, former Scream Queens, like Lisa Marie, Barbara Crampton, uh, Tiffany Sheppis. I guess they're still Scream Queens. And you never, once you get that title, you never lose it. But, and Lynn Shay, and you see all this stuff. I've been reading all this stuff lately about how women in Hollywood don't get paid as much. And they don't have, there's, what is it, something like 6% of movies last year were directed by women in Hollywood. And there's all these complaints, and they're legitimate complaints, and they're real. But then people shit on the horror genre as being like this cheap track garbage. But the horror genre is one place where women age gracefully and continue to have like real, get real work playing good, meaty roles. They end up, I mean, Barbara Crampton spent the 80s like, you know, mostly topless or mostly topless and being molested by a uh, disembodied head in reanimator but now they're like she's in her 50s adrian barbeau lynn shay they're all in this movie and they all get good meaty roles where they're the central uh central players in these movies that aren't women's movies yeah we are still here the insidious movies uh adrian barbeau was hasn't done as much when she was in that show she was a central character in the show carnival which was like 10 years ago great show uh that should have gone on for at least another season or two if you had like eight seasons of Sopranos, you could have had more than two than more more than two of Carnival. But the horror genre is one place where women don't get penalized for getting older, uh, and that's I think is absolutely amazing and awesome. And that's frankly how Hollywood, in general, mainstream Hollywood should operate. Is you could actually take a page from horror. You know, you can make a five million dollar movie and have that movie go on to make a hundred million dollars, like the Paranormal Activity movies and Insidious. They don't need huge budgets, but you get a shitload of return because the fans want to see good quality horror movies on the big screen. I watch Tales of Halloween on iTunes because it's not playing in a theater around me. But I guarantee you, if you would release this theater or to the theaters, it probably would have made a decent amount of money. You had some like you have great directors doing all. A, a lot of the work in this, you had um, Neil Marshall from The Descent and Centurion, and he's done a bunch of, he did, uh, break, I think he did Breaking Bad. I think he did the, the Ozymandias episode of Breaking Bad, if I remember correctly. I don't know, I might be wrong. But he did like, from what I read, I've never watched Game of Thrones, did like an infamous episode like of Game of Thrones It was like to die for. Darren, Liz, Darren Lynn Boosman, Neil, Arm, uh, Neil Armstrong, Neil Marshall, Lucky McKee, uh, John Skip, like you have this, these great directors doing these cool little 10 minute movies. And there is a mixed bag. There's a couple that I was like, um, the Lucky McKee movie. I love him. May is one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, all cheerleaders must die is okay. Is not bad. Uh, his masters of horror episode is one of the best of the bunch. This short in this movie was like a punchline in search of a, search of a joke. Uh, it kind of like, uh, I couldn't really figure out what he was trying to say or I mean I don't know if it's like a comic book is there anything to really to say it's just a quick little story and I mean by comic book I mean like EC comics like Tales from the Crypt uh creep show kind of stuff um the Neil Marshall one was not what I expected of him because his stuff his movies are usually so fucking bleak and serious that th this one was his segment was so weirdly tongue-in-cheek and kind of it was serious but in like that sort of cliched hard-boiled uh horror seriousness uh 
that ends, but it's just goofy. The concept, the conceit of it is goofy as shit, but fun. And the end is a great Joe Dante cameo in it with a sort of Gremlins-esque, like, homage twist, if you want to you wanna call it that. Um, there's, uh, you know, there's, there's, it's great because some of these stories are goofy. Some of them are serious. There's ghost stories. There's serial killer stories. There's a serial killer and alien story that is absolutely hilarious. It's gory, bloody, and funny, and just silly as shit, but fun. Um, there's EC Comics, like, revenge-type tales. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. I think it's definitely going to, like, over time, it's... For me, it's going to be a go-to for Halloween movies like Trick or Treat. Like I plan this week is like anthology week for me because um, I've already watched this. I'm going to watch Creep Show at some point. I'll probably watch Creep Show too because some of those are okay, uh, other than the trash bag floating in the water in the raft. Um, Tales of Halloween is definitely going to become, I think, as far as I concerned, as far as I'm concerned, for me is going to be sort of another modern classic anthology movie. Uh, I will watch selected segments of VHS and VHS 2 and VHS Viral. Actually, Viral will only watch one segment, Bone Storm. Highly recommend that one. That one is fucking bug fuck, bug fuck crazy. Uh, the guys who directed Spring and Resolution directed it. And that's another one. Those two movies are sort of heady and high-minded. And Bone Storm is just fucking out-and-out. Crazy, devil-worshipper creepy. And a lot of fun and awesome. So, Halloween week, for me, I think is always going to be sort of the greatest hits of the holiday, so it's always going to be Anthology Week. Uh, you know, because every time you pop in that tape, because I still have some of them on tape, of Creep Show on tape. I'm actually looking at Ooh, Night of the Creeps! It's sitting with Creep Show. It's Creeps. Um, I'm going to watch Night of the Creeps. That's another classic. That's a, that's a definite Halloween movie. It's a good watch. Anyway, Tales, from, Tales of Halloween is highly recommended by me. Uh... I don't have anything else to say about it. I think some of the segments stink on ice. There's one that is absolute garbage. It was a ghost story that really didn't seem to go anywhere. Sort of like a ghost wandering the earth looking for a purpose. That clip was wandering the earth looking for a purpose in this movie. But overall, it was great. It's awesome to see like so many old school horror directors and actors in one film together having fun, doing something different. And a lot of new school actors, uh, like the kid from May, who's not so new school anymore, um, Noah Segan, who I think is a great actor. He is a dead girl and uh, deliver us from uh, something evil. I can't remember. I don't know. That one was a good one. He's an awesome actor. I love him. It's just really good. It's a good blend of old and new school, typical goofy horror Halloween stuff, and it's perfect for the season. And it's not a goddamn stupid pumpkin spice latte, which I think is complete fucking garbage. Pumpkin belongs in pumpkin pie. Pumpkin beers just seems strange to me. I can't get into it. I don't understand it. I never will. Pumpkin flavor belongs in pumpkin pie, and that's it. Goddamn, I'm sticking to it. That's my food recommendation to go with my movie recommendation. Get a slice of real goddamn pumpkin pie. For the Blood Feast, I've been Rob. Oh yeah, you can find us on Twitter at BloodFeastPod. Uh, Instagram at bloodfeastpod. Uh, you can email me at bloodfeastpod at gmail.com. Our website is www.bloodfeastpod. Fuck me! God, this is terrible. www.bloodfeastpod.wordpress.com. Uh, calm. Calm. I need to calm down. I'm getting a little overexcited. 
I'm pegging my little sound meters on my computer. <sighs> so good day, and don't forget to put the lid down when you're done. Bye-bye.